0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator, the podcast where we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. Today is an online session, but before I get forward with that, I want to say that this is one of my favorite sessions I've done online because there's so many different things that go into this session that this individual is dealing with. She adopted a dog, um, basically, that said that the dog was good with cats, and she has cats, and it's chasing the cats, and she... She's very conflicted on the remote caller and needs guidance with that and how to train. And there's a lot of really good information into this, this, this podcast. So um, it's, I think it's one of my favorite ones that we've done online so far. Um, and it's, it's, it's literally the cool thing about this podcast that I do with these online training clients is if you guys have ever watched me on YouTube, you're watching me work with a, a dog and a person or an owner, and that's great and you learn that way. But this is literally the same thing via audio. I mean I'm walking them through the same scenarios and the same thing and so it's as, as good as it'll get on on a podcast platform without seeing it which then would transfer to YouTube so I'm happy um The way that this podcast came out. I'm really excited about it. If you guys haven't yet, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis and of course YouTube at Upstate Canine Academy. This uh, episode is brought to you by our friends over at Dogtra. Um, They're my favorite e-collar, remote collar to work with. You can visit them online at dogtra.com and shop all their awesome collars. And um, again, if you guys are joining me new, welcome to my my show. Uh, And if you guys have been listening, thank you so very much. Um, And what I always like to do is if you guys are listening, take a screenshot out of this and share it on Instagram and I'll show you around my story and I always love to see um, where people are listening from. It's, it's very inspiring for me and it keeps me keeps the, uh, the tank going on my end uh, to know that I'm helping people and people are actually listening. So anyway, enjoy this podcast. Hello. Hey, good morning. It's Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Good. Thank you. So I know that you have a. We'll just get right into it. I know that you just adopted a Australian cattle dog uh, about a week ago from a shelter.
1: That's what they tell me. She is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I so,
0: don't
1: know.
0: So what are you um? What are you dealing with? Um, besides, I know that you wrote in your your notes that you're dealing with. Um, what's What's your dog's name?
1: Her name is Jojo.
0: Jojo. So Jojo is chasing cats inside the house. Is that
1: well? Yeah. JoJo um, Jojo's a sweet dog. They told me at the shelter when I got her, she was good with puppies, but not with dogs. Um, and she should be good with cats. I wish they would have said socialize them for a while or something. But I brought her in the house and she was good. And all of a sudden she saw my one cat and she went after her and she got her in her mouth and I could not get her out. I mean, she was like trying to kill her. And she's 15 years old. The cat was no claws. I wish she'd have gotten mm. hold of one with claws because I have six in the house. And so ever since then, we've kept them separated. I don't want to take her back to the shelter. They got her from a hoarder situation, and mm-hmm. she was in the shelter for a year. And they tried to adopt her once, and she is so sweet, and she wants everybody to like her. She jumps up on people that she shouldn't do. But they had a four-year-old little boy, and she scratched him when she, you know, wanted to play with him. So they took mm-hmm. her back, and she's been there for a year. And I don't Jeez. want to take her back, but I just wonder – I talked to Pat Muller. I don't know if you've ever seen her videos on YouTube. And she told me that I would probably be able to train her because she's really intelligent, but that she'll never love my cats. I don't want her to love my cats. I just don't want her to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. And, and she's really intelligent. I think I can train her. I've been watching your videos. I got a prong collar, but I got the one that's too small. I have to send mm-hmm. it back and get another one. Okay. I think I can train her. I just want to know I mean, I saw your video. It's not worth it. You know, I don't know if it's worth it. You know, she's going to continue to kill him. But then I also saw your plaque on the wall that says dare to dream. Mm. So it's it's not worth it versus dare to dream. <laughs> you know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, conflicting. Um, So how old is Jojo?
1: Um, I know that she was in a horror situation for three years and at the shelter for a year. Four years old, I'm guessing, but she acts like a puppy. I mean, she's all excited when she sees everybody, you know, and she, I like her because I just had a dog. I had a dog for six and a half years and she was a lethal white and she really should have been put down at the beginning and I didn't. And we tried training her with an e-collar since she was deaf, it didn't work. She was terrified. Mm. So it got to the point where she trained us instead of us training her. And she, if you did anything she didn't want you to do, she'd bite you. Mm. And if you sat down with food, she was in your face. If you came home after eating out, she'd get up on your chest and smell your breath like, what did you eat without me? Mm. But this dog doesn't do that. She's not interested when you're eating. I can sit on the couch and eat. She doesn't bother me. She doesn't get in my trash. You know, So I like that about her. I can take her to work with me in the warehouse, and she likes it. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where we were isolated with our last dog because she tried to bite everybody but us. Mm. and she was she was vicious with everybody else she was a border collie uh-huh. but um this dog is nice everything is good about her she's intelligent she can go with me I'm going to walk the trails I think she has a lot of energy she'll be able to do that but she just her one mission in life seems to be kill cats <laughs>
0: Well, um, I would agree with that. If that's if if she is a cattle dog, I would agree um, yeah. that that has a lot to do with uh, her genetic wiring to have that prey drive for sure. Mm-hmm. So you're not very far off from that. Um, but so I I would um, it's a couple of different things. I'll I'll get into it with just understanding the genetics of anything that even even if it's a cattle dog mix, um, anything with that type of. Uh, prey drive in them and um and just and not only prey drive but also herding behaviors so you could be mistake it a prey drive for a herding behavior pretty easily because they're very similar mm-hmm. the dog would um basically chase something away to move it into a different direction but um and then it kind of it, it sparks that prey drive as the um as the uh, as the as the animal runs away from the dog, and and even humans have some sort of prey drive. Like if we just chase somebody and they run away from us, it's just exciting. It just for no reason. You're like, wait, what am I doing? So, um, mm-hmm. so the prey drive is is going to be difficult. And and I would agree with um, that other uh, trainer that you spoke with. Um, probably 100 percent on that that um, evaluation. Uh, I I would be really really working on your obedience. So. Couple things. Um, yes, you can train JoJo to be coexisting with you and your cats, hundred percent, no questions mm-hmm. asked. Okay. However, you're going to have to put in a lot of work in order to do that. But also, in conjunction with that work, you're also going to have to develop a skill set in order to 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 do this, and that's going to mm-hmm. be the challenging part. Um, you know, I always tell people that. Dogs are, are are difficult, and um, sometimes you deal with a challenging dog that y- you need somebody really, it doesn't need just a human, it needs a skillful dog handler to, to handle these types of these situations, and so um, I would suggest uh, working on your obedience, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think the long-term um, plan would be just using a remote collar to control her off leash as well, because, mm. um, if we look at the worst thing that's going to happen is she's going to get a hold of a cat and do damage. And mm-hmm. so if she, for an example, if you put her to a place sit stay or down stay, well, if you have six, I mean, to be honest, I mean, having six cats with a cattle dog in the house, that's not exposed to cats is really going to be challenging for anybody. Um, yeah. and it's not necessarily, um, a, a bloodthirsty, I'm going to kill everything that walks type thing. A lot of times I've even seen dogs just catch animals and spit them back out and chase them again like a cat. Um, But you don't want to take that chance because it's not fair to the cats and it's not fair to to the dog either. It's a very tricky situation um, because you're, you're basically filling a, if you had six cats, you're basically filling the whole house with an aquarium of, of moving fish. Um, They're all day. They're going to want to do that type of stuff. So On the flip side to training and understanding and knowing the breed you have and the situation that you're in, I would also highly recommend figuring out a mental and physical exercise type um, routine. Um, So just making sure that you're also outletting these these um, this mental stimulation that these because even a cattle dog without prey drive is high as you know. High energy, high high intelligence, um, always looking for a job, always looking for something to do. Even if they didn't have a prey drive, um, it would Mm -hmm. still be um, – I don't want to say a difficult task because it's not difficult. It's more about um, just – it takes a lot of energy to to make sure that it's outletted properly.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I take her to work with me every day. I work in a warehouse. We sell potato chips. So when we're unloading the trucks – with these big skids of potato chips, you know, that go clear to the ceiling. I put her in the kennel mm-hmm. that I have there for her. But then after they're gone and the big doors are shut, I let her run through the warehouse. I don't know if I should have a purpose for her there, you know, Yeah. If she's allowed to just run through the warehouse all she wants. Or I think it, it's training her to go out and also trying to train her to go outside because she used to be in a, you know, on a concrete floor where she can go to the bathroom, you know. So mm-hmm. I take her to the bathroom quite often when we're there so she won't go on the floor. But, mm-hmm. um, she seems to find a way past me to hide and do it. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't do it in my house, but on that concrete floor at the warehouse, she does. But I, I assume it's the same thing. When she was in the hoarder situation, she was not neglected. I mean, she was in a kennel outside with, mm-hmm. you know, a, a shelter in it and with other dogs. And they fed her and watered her, but, you know, they didn't give her any socialization. You sure. know. Yeah. They didn't. I mean, they just had a lot of animals.
0: Yeah. But and it, I think, um, you know, you're lucky to get a dog that doesn't have severe behavioral um, defects from that. You know, underexposure oh, or socialization.
1: That was my last dog. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I would say um, two things. Uh, like I said, the two main things that you're going to want to focus on is your obedience and then your outletting exercising. Uh, so mental input. For a purpose. Yep. yep, giving her a job, um, and then doing something on the daily to outlet that prey drive because it's okay. you know, like I said, it's like a it's like a dog uh, that has that instinctual prey drive and it has to be outletted, um, unless they're going to find something to outlet it on. So
1: yeah, she's chasing squirrels in the back. I mean, the squirrels come and sit on the back fence, you know, and look right at the door. They know the dog is out. And then the minute I let her out, they, they run and she chases them across, you know, the yard and mm-hmm. they hop up in the tree. And I mean, she wants to chase everything. So yeah, I don't know if it's okay to let her chase the squirrels or not, if she can differentiate between cats and squirrels, you know?
0: Yeah, it is a, it It's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good, it's a good point. Um, and, and to to me, okay, so what I would be doing is, uh, if it was my dog, I would just be working on high levels of obedience first. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you can control the situation is the first thing I would do. Because at that point, when you have the control and you're the gatekeeper, then you're the one that actually deciphers what she can and can't do, period. So, Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So if there's squirrels or there's cats or whatever there is, she's going to want to chase anything that moves. Even if you Mm -hmm. slid your foot across the room fast, she's going to want to chase that. So I don't, Mm. I don't think that it's necessarily, um, something that you have to, to, to think about too much is like, what should I let her chase and not, uh, She's gonna, she's gonna <laughs> want to chase. She's gonna want to chase everything, uh, yeah. especially you know because of her breed and because of her lack of uh, exposure. I mean, this is like she's on every day. She wakes up is like Christmas for her. I mean, she's really like, wow, this is great. I have all this room. I have this person that's giving me love and attention. And then there's all these fuzzy things running house, running around the house for me to chase. Because she's not looking at the cats as your cats. She's looking at the cats as, wow, Fun. this is great. Yeah, my my new owner filled the house full of animals for me to chase. That's, that's, that's basically what it is. So, um, like I said, your, your obedience is, should be the deciding factor, um, of, of what's going on because the reality and the frustration of trying to get her to not want to chase these cats is going to be unrealistic and too frustrating. So, because if you walk out the room, she's going to chase the cats you know, mm-hmm. if you're not home, she's gonna chase the cat, so on and so forth.
1: I but, put her in the kennel when I'm not home, and I put them in the bedroom and shut the door. But they've been cooped up so much, I don't want to keep doing that to them. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're so, gonna
0: you're gonna have to, um, like I said, the most humane thing to do for everybody, uh, including the cats, is to do a lot of off leash obedience, off leash control with the remote collar.
1: And of course, I just threw away the remote collar that I see. I took her to training my other dog to training, but she was deaf and only had one eye and they, we tried to e-call her and she was terrified of it, but she was terrified of anything that would come up, you know, like behind her, like an animal would be coming up behind her. You know, if you put anything down by her neck, she would freak out. So when we tried it on the lowest vibration, she would just tremble and fall on the ground and pee herself. And, you know, she was terrified and they kept trying to push her and push her and she just, she got mm-hmm. so fatigued and she couldn't do it and it, it was it was sad so I threw the collar away I paid six hundred dollars that sucker I'm like I'm not doing this to another animal but now I see that it was just her you know yeah. because of her her issues being an albino in and deaf and everything she was messed up
0: mm-hmm. so i would suggest um like the dogtra 280c is a really nice unit i always recommend to what,
1: what kind can you say that yep. again
0: dogtra d-o-g-t-r-a dogtra 280 Okay. Yeah, 280C. 280 c 280 280 it's their yeah. compact unit it goes a half a mile it's a really nice unit that's my go-to yeah. um and you can just find that on Dogtra.com. okay um, they also have an amazon account too if that's something that you're into, yeah, but, I
1: have Amazon. Yeah,
0: um, so so that's what I would be suggesting. Just because if you want your cake and you eat it too, meaning if you want to keep JoJo because uh, she seems like an excellent dog, um, and and again, mm-hmm. like putting her into this situation. Um, and then removing her again would, would also just not be her fault. Just like the kid. Oh, I don't want to do that to her. No, no, I don't want
1: to do that to her.
0: Yep. So, so doing the, the remote collar training is going to be the best thing for her, not only with the cats, but also her life in general, being able to navigate through life with off leash control is going to make not only her, but you happier and safer, which is, I -hmm. think those two are like equally as important together, being safe and happy are like, what, what else could you want? Um, and so uh, that's what I would recommend, especially if she's going to be at the, the warehouse and stuff running around. So being able to example, being able to recall her back at any given time, no matter what she's into, telling her to down and stay, um, telling her to place at home, telling her to place at the warehouse, finding an isolated area for her to, to actually go lay down on command on a target mm-hmm um, mm-hmm. with the off leash control. <clears throat> and, th- and that's a very easy concept. And I'm actually uploading a video on how to teach that t- today. Um, okay. and then you just basically transition into the remote collar work. But, mm-hmm. um, I think, like I said, off, off the bat, yes, you can do it. You're just going to have to match. Yeah. You're going to have to well, it couldn't match be
1: that. any worse than tearing my bed apart every single night to dig the cats out from underneath it, to put them out in the living room and then putting her in the bedroom with us all night. Well, the, the reason that I I talked to that Pat Mueller, she, she called me back after I watched some of her videos. I I mean, I didn't look at videos before I got this dog. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I didn't like go with her and I started watching, looking for more videos to watch and found you. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's talking about my dog, like my dog's my employee instead of my companion. I want her to be my companion. I don't know how you feel about that. But she's like, don't let her sleep on the bed. Don't, you know, keep her tied up when she's in the house. You know, don't let her get on the couch with you. You know, that kind of thing. I I want her to be my companion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay if she sleeps on the bed. You know, is that wrong? I, should I make her stay on the floor and make her, you know, not be next to me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I'm big on relationship. I'm big on creating balance and I'm big on people just understanding boundaries and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's, it's really about, um, help, helping the dog understand when and where, um, they're able to do things and, and so on and so forth. Um, so the big thing about the bed, is in the couch. And I talk about Mm -hmm. this frequently is you want to be, the only time you don't want to do that is if you're having issues with you telling the dog to get off and then them going, no, I'm not getting off. That's a problem. It's a conflict. Um, Mm -hmm. the bed and the couch are both raised. Um, it creates conflict. Same thing. Um, when you have other, other animals in the house, such as cats and such as other dogs, it creates a bit of a hierarchy too. And at an advantage point, um, you know, because of the cats, cats, and, and I know a little bit about cat behavior, but I know it, cats behavior typically, as far as, um, trying to gain some sort of leverage, especially if there's another dog in the house or a predator in the house, they're going to try to get as high as they possibly can. So by putting the mm-hmm. dog up on the bed, you limit the opportunity for the cat to be safe, so on and so forth. But, mm-hmm. um, for me, personally, for me, and the way that I tell people, and the way that I train people, is the way that I also raise my dogs. Um, for me, it's it's really about ultimate control. I mean, if you want your dog to be in the bed with you, you have to then realize that you your if your cat's um, you have to realize that you could p- potentially be putting your dog up on a pedestal, and then that could also make the cats. Um, more, yeah. a little bit more, um, aggressive to get to you, which will then create the animosity of the dog and the cat the type thing. Um, so anyway, so you just have to pick and choose. I, I I'm never the type of person, I, I don't want to say never, cause that's not good, but I really don't like to tell people, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. I'm just giving you options and flavors of like, if mm-hmm. you do this, you got to watch out for this and so on and so forth.
1: I see what you mean. Mm-hmm.
0: So you can mm-hmm. do it, you just have to make sure that you have enough control within your household. That if there's ever any conflict, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You shut it down immediately. And you you say, you go there right now. Be quiet. Behave. and Let them know that they're in trouble, so on and so forth. But if mm-hmm. you don't have that relationship, then you're going to run into problems.
1: You're going to run into problems. Mm-hmm.
0: Your dog's yeah, on like your bed. A- somebody comes in. Your dog growls at somebody. If you don't have the control, first of all, if your dog's growling at somebody when they walk in, chances are you don't have a good relationship because your dog is growling at that person for a reason. Yeah. Not good. Mm-hmm. So So – that's what I'm saying. The same thing with my dogs. I, I let my dogs get on the couch. They get on the bed. I don't care. What do I care? But if mm-hmm. I say, Hey, get down and go somewhere else. They're like, yes, sir. And that's yeah. what I care about. Yeah. So, so uh-huh. it, it really just, that depends. makes
1: sense. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. But the cats can get on the dressers. They don't get, the, my cats are, loose. they don't care about getting on the bed with me or anything like that. So they would get up on the dressers and stuff. But anyway, um, let me see what, I had some other questions. But going back, back to, done.
0: to what, what you were, what you were asking about, um, you know, the whole relationship thing, I would agree that you, you do want to create, you want to, um, you don't want um, a roommate that doesn't pay rent. You don't want a freeloader. You don't want a dog. Just, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to work. You don't want that. So yeah, I would that's agree. That's what to,
1: I had before. I don't want that again.
0: <laughs> right. So I, I would, mean, she ran us. <laughs> so I would agree to some extent that yes, you don't want a dog that is your best friend, in a sense of, hey, we're never going to get upset at each other. or We're never going to disappoint each other. So uh, making sure that that information is digestible for somebody like yourself as a dog owner to understand it and a little bit different. I wouldn't mm-hmm. tell you, hey, you don't want a best friend because your dog's not your best friend. That's not what I would say. Although, mm-hmm. in a sense, maybe that's what I would mean to somebody. I would say, hey, you want to be... Like that best friend with your dog that is also honest to say like, hey, if I let you up here on the couch, you're going to make a bad decision. I'm going to, I'm going to send you over here instead. So you, you want to create um, a, a really good, solid, healthy relationship with your dog and, and mm-hmm. being able to step in and, and punish your dog and discipline your dog. Because a lot of times if your dog is your best friend and they never get punished, then it becomes a very unhealthy relationship to that, to that point yeah. of what she was saying. And probably. That again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Because the other dog would get up on the couch and want you to feed her. And and I did. I shared my food with her. But the one day I sat down and I wasn't quick enough. I had a plate of roast beef and she bit me. She attacked me. Exactly. You know, I don't want that. I don't want to go back there again when I tell this dog to get down because I'm eating on the couch. I want her to get down, Mm -hmm. you know. But she she has no interest in food. That just shocks me because this other dog was all about food, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the type of stuff I'm talking about is, you know, once you find you kind of being challenged for things or competing for things, that's a problem. And that's why a lot of trainers will tell people not to let your dogs get on the bed because it creates some sort of potential conflict um, if you're eating there or whatever. So, but like I said, if you have a really balanced, understanding relationship with your dogs where you are king and what you say goes and you dictate everything which is what you should have then it doesn't really matter what you do because you have ultimate control
1: Mm -hmm. so with her i can start with the prong collar with her training and then once i
0: where whereabouts do you live
1: i live in by dayton ohio
0: okay I don't really know anybody in Ohio that does remote collar training, but I would suggest there's
1: the Canine Solutions up the street.
0: Okay, do they do? I, t-
1: I went there before, and they do, you know, the e train e collar mm-hmm. training, and that's where I took my dog before. But I, it was almost like they just d- didn't understand that, mm-hmm. you know, she was a special needs dog. I mean, I guess I was a pushover for that. But I think there was a compromise between pushing her too hard. They just pushed her and pushed her too hard. I went I went two or three times. I don't remember. Okay. And it was just like she was and and they told me, put this collar on her, you know, let her wear it for a while, get used to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, take it off and then, you know, mm-hmm. put it on during the day. And when we start this training, she won't realize that it's the collar. Mm-hmm. That I did take her. I took her three times. No, I took her two because the third time I tried to put that collar on her and she attacked me. She knew what was doing it to her. Yep. You know that didn't work. She knew it. She's so smart. She's the smartest dog in the world, I think. But she attacked me when I tried to put the collar back the, after the second time we went.
0: Right, and I don't, I don't know, think and, and jo- I don't think JoJo is going to do that because JoJo is, is is an entirely different dog, and the, yeah, the, from the border collie. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the the there's not going to be any crossover there. So I don't, I don't. Okay. That doesn't, that doesn't. Um, it's not
1: uh, relevant. But I. I'm still very leery. I mean she you know, after you've been my that dog, she was she, she was fine at first, she loved everybody mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was like she snapped, she had tried tried to attack me. I even took her to a psychologist at Ohio State and those guys are full of crap. But anyway mm-hmm. So <laughs> they with- wanted me to drug her and Drugs don't work on that kind of a dog. No, and and besides, it didn't make her. She wasn't the same kind of dog, you know. And I didn't leave her on the drugs for more than a week.
0: Mm-hmm. No. So with JoJo, I would um I would really be working on, like I said, finding somebody that can help you introduce the remote collar properly and using that. So to answer your question about the prong collar, you can use the prong collar for now if it's the only thing you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said. I want you to be able to use the remote collar extremely versatile. So being able to use it for everything from recall to sit, to stay, to break, um, using it as, as your leash. When you get your remote collar out, your dog should get excited. Like if my dogs hear the remote collar scrape across the counter, it's, it's, it's not, it's controlled chaos. I get very excited. So you
1: don't live in on them 24 hours a day.
0: I do not. No, I don't need okay. to. Cause I'm, cause they're not, I don't, I don't need to do that now. Um, and and so I think to go back and um, kind of shed light on, I think your, um, maybe some of the information you were given, you, you do want to do it that way where you, you, that's how we do it. And we put the collar on a dog and then we, we let them wear it for a week before we actually use it so they yeah. don't get associated with anything. and And dog makes really, that's why I, I love dog because they make really small units for small dogs and uh-huh. the dogs barely feel that it's actually on there. So, okay. uh, so, being able to use a, a smaller collar from Dogtra is probably your best bet. Um, but when you're when you're introducing this type of stuff, you want to make it fun, exciting. Like I said, the, the, when the remote collar gets out, the dog should get excited. It shouldn't be okay. Now we're gonna get trained, or oh, I've made a mistake. The remote collar should be none of those things. If anybody, if two things, if anybody out there feels like their dog. Negatively associates associates the remote collar. They've done the training wrong, and anybody mm-hmm. out there as a human thinks that the remote collar should be that doesn't understand the remote collar to its fullest effects of of mm-hmm. being successful with it. So the remote collar should be very exciting times for the dog, and and that's what it should be. Um, but for now, yes, using the prong collar to help you. But you don't want to just put the prong collar on a dog and, and correct her if she doesn't listen because she's not going to know why you're correcting her. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is work on three really basic things, um, I, or maybe four. I would be doing a place command.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And within that place command, you can do like an like an implied sit-stay, which means mm-hmm. when you say place, you also want her to sit and stay until otherwise. If you don't do the implied, then you would just compartmentalize the place, the sit, the stay individually, which is just as easy, and it doesn't matter which way you do it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would be doing is working on your recall and then your potential leave it. Um, I would be more focused on the recall um, because that's what's going to help you long-term as far as her actually gunning for the dogs Cause what, or the cats. Once she goes after the cats – you're going to be more successful to probably just recall her off instead of like telling her to leave it. Because uh, leave it means you have to disengage. And if she diseng- disengages, she's probably going to come back to you anyway because she stopped what she's doing. So it would just be more so beneficial. So
1: recall is just telling her to come.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. So in that process of place, sit, stay plus recall, uh-huh. you're going to have a really great opportunity to be successful. And I always tell people that if you have the most – X dog, so you fill in the blank, it doesn't matter what it is aggressive, excited, mad, mean, man eater, doesn't matter. And your mm-hmm. obedience with that dog is damn near perfect, then your life is going to be a lot more successful, and your dog's life is also going to be a lot more structured, which then is going to equal the happiness and then success.
1: Okay,
0: so in a perfect world, if you're hanging out at your house like you are right now or whatever. You would say, Jojo, go to your place. She goes to her place. You say, stay. The cats are going to do their thing around the house, and she's going to have to stay in that location in the long term, which means after you've practiced this for as long as it takes to successfully master this process, your mm-hmm. life is going to be really easy, and, and, and you're going to be a lot happier, and so is she.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense?
1: Okay. Yes, it makes absolute sense. So do you yep, have? But now, but now when the cats walk through, I mean, she's in her cage, in her cage over there, and she puts her feet on her blanket and just tears at the blanket. She's so frustrated that she can't go after them. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, you got to snap It's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, yeah, because you're telling the fish not to swim here. I mean, you're telling the cat so dog not. So, when
1: to- you say that she needs a purpose,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what would be an example of something that I could do with her to give her work to?
0: Great question. You know, be her work. Great question. Just the obedience that we talked about. Right. So okay. when That's you got to you got to do like the point of view of a dog for like a second and realize that when a dog is they have they have their smells and their hearing is just a thousand bazillion times better than ours. So they're they have a lot of sensory overload. So when they yeah, her so-
1: sense of smell just drives her crazy when she gets out by our warehouse, you know, possums and raccoons and all that, and she's just shaking and snipping and she's so excited, you know. Her sense of smell, I think, is just amazing, too.
0: Yeah, it is. And so dogs' sense of smell and sensations are very, very elevated from ours, extremely, like, uncomprehendable to us. Like, we don't we don't get it. Like, when we walk into a house, the dog is smelling each individual cat, um, the dog that was there before, even if it was 10 years ago, all this stuff. And so when they're navigating through the house, their sensory overload, you need to be able to give... Her a job, and so a lot of people ask me that question of like, "What's the job?" Because I think people will just assume like, "Well, my dog isn't a therapy dog or a service dog, and my dog doesn't um, sniff for bombs or drugs." Like that is a job, but it's not the job. It's not the only job. Um, That's just a paid job. (laughs) So, but it's the same sense of obedience. When you when a dog is out there sniffing narcotics, they are doing obedience. They're they're working. They're trying to find something for a reward. So mm-hmm. we that that's the concept of doing these types of things it's the same thing when we do apprehension or bite work or protection work people think that dogs are attacking people because they don't like that person it that couldn't be farther from the truth I mean if anybody thinks that then please help please help them like cope with not knowing what dogs are because when a dog does something like that they're just working for for to play tug I mean they, they don't see the person as a bad guy they they see that person is like yeah, I get to play tug. So anyway, same thing when when a dog is sniffing for narcotics or bombs or something like that. They're out there doing obedience. They're trying to find something cuz they know once they find that, they get paid from their handler. They rewarded 100%. So it's not so And because they have those natural abilities to do these types of things, they like working, they understand their job, but ultimately they're doing it to get paid. (laughs) So it's not...
1: So in that paid, I mean, I see some of your videos with treats, some of them with just praise, you know, what's the balance there? I mean, should I train her with treats? Should I just train her with praise? Whatever works.
0: Yeah, whatever works. That's it. Um, You you need to, like in the preliminary stages, I, I talk about this a lot where... Um, I like using food and I like using motivatives to get the dog to encourage them to capture behaviors, to make them happen over and over again, all that stuff. But
1: I want to make sure that – the yeah,
0: well, and I – yeah, or a ball or a tug. I mean I just want to make sure that the dog is actually capturing (laughs) the behavior. Like I I do this challenge all the time where people will come into my facility and they say my dog knows sit and stay or down or whatever. And I say, okay, tell your dog to sit. I can't tell you. I I would say 90% of dogs that come in with their owner saying their dog knows sit, doesn't know sit. Like if if you, if you don't touch your dog and you don't have a leash on your dog and you say, Hey, Fido sit, I bet you probably closer to eight times out of 10, a dog's not going to sit. Or if you turned your back and you said, Fido sit, would your dog sit? Probably not. They don't really know the sit. They know that they know the sequence. They know the, the routine, more than anything. They don't actually know. Turn your hand
1: over like you've got a treat in it. They know that, yeah.
0: Exactly. So it doesn't actually become so you really want your dog to to know the behavior versus the sequence because that's where Mm. that's where dog owners fail is they teach a dog a sequence in training. And in training it's just pretty much a clinical environment with not a lot of distractions just to learn. And then they go out into public and then they go, hey, Fido, sit. And the dog's like, what the heck are you talking about? We're not there anymore and you don't have food. And anyway, so, yeah. So just making sure that your so your obedience is going to be your work. So Mm -hmm. when you're at the warehouse, you're going to say, Jojo, come. She's going to say, yep, that's my job. Jojo, place. Okay, I'll do that. Jojo, down. Yep, got it. Sit, down, Mm -hmm. stay. Okay, I'll stay. And then he, and then she stays and she's working and she's working and she's thinking and she's thinking and she's thinking. You say Jojo, break. She runs away. Mm-hmm. And then you do it again. And that's all work to her. And then you
1: know, I try to give her a break and play with you know play with a ball. She doesn't even know what to do with a ball. It's sad. She's never played ball.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: poor little dog.
0: So that's what that's what you that's what work would be for her. It's just yeah. okay. just okay. obedience. I mean, giving okay. her a task. And by task, it's an obedience. You say, Jojo, okay. go here. Do this. Now do this. And it's the, it, it's the same thing that keeps people out of trouble. You go to work. You have a list of, you know, an itinerary, and that's mm-hmm. what you do, and that's your work.
1: And don't pee on the floor.
0: Yep. <laughs> so that's what I would do is, is work mm-hmm. on your place, your sit, your stay. Um, before you, before she learns the remote collar using your prong collar to help her understand what I like to do with any dog before, unless it's like a behavior modification sense of, uh, maybe a dog trying to hurt me or hurt other people. I I step in immediately and, and shut it down. But when I'm trying to teach dogs new stuff, I never... Try to to try to make that a, a punishing thing. Um, so th- what that means is is just getting a simple leash and maybe a little martingale or a slip collar and getting whatever she likes. If she likes her food, get her food out. And then get yourself a nice little area where you guys aren't going to be distracted by anything or anybody. And then teach her the behaviors first before you actually go out and try to practice them in reality or mm-hmm. more importantly, before you ever correct her for not doing it, because she's not going to know clearly what you're asking her to do. So she you're... needs
1: to know it well. Mm-hmm.
0: You no. have to teach her okay. it first. So place, sit, stay, blah, blah, blah. And like I said, I'm uploading a place, um, like sending your dog to the bed today. And um, so if you're if you're unfamiliar with how to do that, <coughs> excuse me, you can um you can look at that. But anyway, so and and then you're going to work on your recall. Um, and, and that's just the, the plain recall and, and working at that. And that's what I would be doing. And then once you advance to her understanding all of these things very well and very clearly, then you're going to apply your remote collar to put the finishing touches on everything. And that's exactly what the remote collar is. It comes in, and it cleans everything up, it tightens it up, it advances your obedience because you can communicate with a button from a mile away. And mm-hmm. that's how you that's how you're going to do it. And okay. you'll, be, you'll be very successful with that if you push through that way.
1: Okay. So when I start with this e-collar, mm-hmm. I would do it like I did before and put it on her for a while during the day to get used to it. Take sure. it off at night or not. Yeah. Put it on to get used to it before I start using it. Yeah. And then once I do use it, I just use it, put it on her when I'm – well, if she's in the house – I would need it. For well, what you would do is, is cats.
0: yeah, that's a good, it's a good question. And, yeah. and so what I do, um, is I, and, and you don't have to do that preliminary stage of putting the dog on the remote collar first before them actually using it. That just helps. I mean, it does help, but we've, oh, okay. we've taken many, many, many dogs and trained them on the spot with the remote and it's not a big deal, especially if you get a dog that, you know, it sounds like your dog's pretty confident and doesn't really get affected about, sensitivities and things like that so you don't have if you can do it that way do it but you don't have to um okay. and then and then yeah you then you're going to associate the remote caller with your commands and it's just an extension i can't stress this enough it's just an extension off of your voice that's all it is you're pairing your voice with the remote you're pairing your voice with the remote so basically when your voice comes out and your voice inflection happens it's also paired with a sensation from the remote collar. So the dog knows that you can touch her pretty much anywhere. Because if you Mm -hmm. think about a leash and a collar, um, the dog just feels the collar. They don't say like, wow, look at this 30-foot rope. Look at this 60-foot rope. They just, they're feeling the collar, and you're able to touch the dog from a distance because of the length of the rope. But they don't view the rope or the leash as that extension. It's just you can touch them from there now all of a sudden because yeah. you have a really long leash now. And so they don't really say like, okay, the thirty footers out, the fifteen footers out. They just know, okay, you can touch me from here with this longer thing. And so all you're doing is you're taking that thing away and touching the dog with the stimulation instead of a physicality. And, and and you're doing it at a level where the dog isn't going to be corrected and the dog isn't going to be punished and the dog isn't going to freak out and pee on themselves. You're going to say, hey, Jojo, come. The remote's going to come on. She's going to look at you and come to you. It's going to shut off. You're going to pay her, and she's going to then realize that that stimulation from the remote at that very low level that you can't even feel at your face as a human is your voice turning it on. That way, when she runs away from you, you say, Jojo, come. She decides to ignore you. That's where you can utilize the remote's levels. Usually a, a good remote such as a dog show will have 0 to 130-ish, and you'll just go up to intensify the stimulation from the collar, and the dog will get uncomfortable, and then they will retrieve back as long as they know what the recall is.
1: So what what level would that be? I don't want to shock my dog. You know what five, I mean? I want five? Five would be, would be um, more intense.
0: I start at five out of 130.
1: Okay, five is... Five is where they just hear your voice. Or so yeah, so level? Okay. yep
0: So so what you're gonna do is you're gonna turn the remote collar on at a very low level. And if you were to ask me like a generic level that dogs would feel, I would say five.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: okay. and, and so this that's that's gonna we, be your that's gonna be your communication level. That's gonna be your okay. that's gonna Communic- be your. That makes sense. Yeah, that's gonna be your. hey So it's you know when you're having a conversation, hey buddy, okay. place, sit down. Stay. Now when you raise your voice and you get really excited and you get mad or you get sad, your voice comes up, right? And so that's different, right? So now you're Mm -hmm. having a different conversation. And that's where your intensity comes up on the remote. It's physically, physically impossible to take that remote collar and turn it all the way up and to do any physical harm or burns or anything like that that people would assume. It's been tested. It's not possible. It's just really intense. It's the same stimulation chiropractic therapists use to stimulate certain nerves and muscles to loosen or tighten or whatever they want to do with them. Um, Many, many people use. It's the same technology. It's the exact same thing. It's a stimulation that you control the (coughs) dial. And if you Mm -hmm. use it really high, yes, your dog is not going to like it. It could mess your dog up. It could shut them down. It could make them aggressive. It could do all those nasty things. But at the same exact time, on every single speedometer in the world, there's levels. There's zero to sometimes 200 And we choose as the handler, or the driver if you will, what speed we want to go, and how fast we should go, how safely we should go, and what situations do I use what? Correct? Mm-hmm. It's the same yeah. exact thing with that dial. It's just a communicative thing. And the unfortunate part, a lot of people ask, well, then why is it banned in certain places? Because not a lot of people know how to use this technology. It's kind of like a new technology coming out that everyone says, wow, this is going to be really great. This is going to change the world of this certain industry. This is going to be awesome. And nobody knows how to use them. There's, and, no training. there's no training. They just say, hey, here it is, and people are are using them wrong. That's why they're banned. They're also banned because of politics not knowing anything about dogs and dog training. And they have a group of people that are very passionate to say, we don't like anything that tells the dog no, and we're going to ban it. And that's that's how that works. And so anyway, so it, it's completely, uh, it, it's such an underestimated tool. Um, but I would say more people are using remote collars now than ever before, and it's becoming a very, very popular thing, which I'm excited about because there's also certain organizations that are getting together to help make remote collar training um, safer for for everybody and, and, and harder to get for the people who don't know what they're doing, which is what we need. It's it's like kind of like gun control, but just different, you know, people... Hey, they're there, but people don't know how to use them, and they're using them wrong. And we can't necessarily ban the remote because people aren't a- uneducated. Um, but sometimes maybe that's the best thing to do. But in America, we're doing we're doing more good things with it than bad. But anyway, so okay. um so that's what you would do. Yes, you're gonna introduce the remote collar and master your obedience to counter condition your dog's natural primitive, innate drives as you know, a cattle dog. Um, and that's what you're gonna work on.
1: Well, I sure can pick them, can't I? I pick the, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> the right c- Well, I asked for a white. I didn't want to go back and look at the dogs because I have a hard time with that. All the dogs in the cages, you know, I said, I would like a white dog because everyone's afraid of the dog I had, you know, mm-hmm. if I still have a white dog, people who don't know me will think I still have the same dog. Nobody's ever tried to break in my house. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll take a, a, I want another dog, but I want a nice dog, but I would like a white one. So they brought me out for mm-hmm. her. <laughs> Yeah, so the, that's, a, that's a weird way to pick a dog, but that's what I did.
0: The other the other thing, uh, you know, and that's, it, it, it is what it is. And that's the other thing is it, it self-perpetuates. It starts yep. at the shelters and then it starts with the trainers. And if everyone doesn't really know what the heck's going on, they're just trying to do good. And I love that and I understand that, but there's so much compassion and empathy towards animals, but there's so much mm-hmm. lack of education that it actually yeah. is kind of like this contundrum of not really progressing because you go in, you say, Hey, I love dogs. And the shelter person's like, Hey, I love dogs too. I'm volunteering. Hey, I want a white dog. They say, okay, go we'll grab you one. And they give you a, a, a cattle dog. It's
1: like, yeah. And they, and I said, does she get along with cats? They uh, had no idea. And no. another lady who rescues dogs, she says they didn't even tell you to try to, you know, know, keep them separated. Maybe put her in the cage in the middle of the room, let them it's see tough. how they do well together. You know, I, I called the lady back and I, right after it happened the first night when she attacked my Nelly and, and she said, well, I'll see I said, I don't think this is going to work. She says, Well, let me see if anybody's there still, and you can take her back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would have taken her back at that point, but she never got back with me till like almost midnight. Mm-hmm. There was nobody there. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, even if I can't keep her, maybe I could just get her for you know a few hours a day and try try to you know mm-hmm. take her back, bring her back, take her back, bring her back. You know, work it. And and she said, Okay. I said, Let's discuss it. She wouldn't even call me back. Mm-hmm. She's like, Okay, that'll work.
0: And yeah, I'm well, like, you know
1: what? They don't really care about her that much. I'm going to really try. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's just a lot going on, you know, and everybody's, yeah, trying, know. Yeah. everybody's trying to do good. If you want yeah. to do good, educate yourself yes. first. You know, everyone mm-hmm. wants to act out of empathy and compassion and love and um, – feelings and, and, and it's really tough to run an, a successful organization based off of of emotion feelings, it's yeah. really tough because you make a lot of really bad decisions and it's 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 t- and I get it like I'm not pointing fingers it is really hard it's a problem that we're dealing with in the United States uh, very tragically and um, you know I'm doing the best I can to just teach people about what they have and that's the other thing that I wanted to wrap up with is Um, just knowing the breed you have and making sure that you're giving her, um, adequate exercise. That's really great that she's going to work with you every day. That's, that's, that's 10, 10 out of 10 better than most people. It's great. Um, but also just making sure that you're training her as well. So, um, if a dog's running for six miles a day, that's great, but they would, it would be more beneficial for their mind to do half of that and then train for 15 minutes a day. So just make sure that you're also putting the work in, into the mental stimulation as well. Okay. And then I all would right. well, I would try all that, okay. and then let me know how it goes.
1: Okay, I have a cu- just a couple generic questions. Sure. Can I ask you what kind of food and treats you do use for your dogs?
0: Sure. I, I so food for me, um, I I I feed raw. So I I actually get all of my food from a local farm that um, harvests and raises animals for my dogs um, and other people's dogs. So that's that's my thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, but but as far as kibble goes, I mean we feed from to some of our our. our our dogs that live at the shop and Yukonubas um, has some good lines and there's, there's, there's a ton of different brands. Right now get.
1: I'm feeding her science diet. Yeah. Feeding science diet. No um,
0: it's, 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 it's an expensive food, but it, it it's really about there's, you know, animal canine protein is just as in depth as humans protein. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many different things that certain dogs need and deficiencies mm-hmm. and sensitivities. And it's, it's, it's literally like, a a six week thing on how to figure out what's the best food for your dog. But Mm -hmm. what I tell people really short and sweet is to just go to your local dog food store. And those, usually the people that work there are so educated on the food and the fats and the nutrients and the omegas and all that stuff. And they'll be able to walk you through that process a little bit better. And then Mm -hmm. as far as treats go, I like using, uh, I think Stuart pro treats, um, beef liver, uh, anything that – so I don't like using, uh, like, the crunchy cookie, like, milk bone things. Those are terrible for training.
1: I got some liver treats. I, I thought they were training treats. I ordered them off Amazon. But they're liver treats, and they look like a piece of bacon. And they're mm. just, just 100% liver. They are not the – you know, there's nothing else in them.
0: Yeah, the free, that's good. That's good. It's, um, the freeze, What are they They're the freeze-dried they –
1: Rocco and Roxy, small batch, and they're freeze dried natural beef liver for dogs. Um, no wheat, soy, corn, or gluten. Hundred percent liver. So
0: yeah, that's good. As yeah. long as they, I like I like treats that are semi soft that a dog can work out of my hand when I'm working with them. Oh, okay. um, the other thing that we do is I think Happy Howies is another treat that we recommend. Any any soft roll, like if you get a soft roll, those are really great and they're usually inexpensive. Nature's balance, nature balance makes another soft roll that's good. And basically, and it just comes in a tube, it kind of looks like a cookie, cookie dough tube. And you could cut it up, put it in the fridge. And those are usually relatively inexpensive, healthy, and um, they work really good because they break apart at the right times. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would recommend. Well, I, I
1: took a hammer to this and broke it up in pieces. Yeah, I was giving her pieces of this because it wasn't small. You know, it's so like it looked like a piece of bacon. is big, mm-hmm. but um, okay. I think that was. It. Oh, there's another one. Other question: mm-hmm. When you put, if you put your dog in a kennel, like, if I have to go away for a while, like if I go to church or I go up to the moose or something, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to leave her out in the house, and I put her in the kennel. Um, do you put food and water in there for them? put water in yeah i put water in the water in there during the day and stuff yeah i usually
0: just get a get a little uh stainless steel bucket and just put a carabiner on it and hang it right on the crate so it doesn't spill and Uh then um and then as far as food goes i i typically only feed my dogs and put food in their their crates when it's feeding time that's it
1: okay all right yeah okay i think I think that was all my questions. Cool. Well, yeah just, work out on, out yeah, just go work on. Yeah, just go work
0: on that stuff. You can do it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's podcast, and of course, brought to you by our friends over at Dogcha. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't yet, do me a quick favor. Just go and rate this podcast in the ratings wherever it is, and leave a comment. Of course, that's the way you can support me um, on this podcast. I I dedicate a lot of my time to record these things and put them up for you guys to hopefully, helpfully, hopefully. Give you guys some valuable information to then transfer to your dog and your life. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.